0: Air. So today I'm sharing a fascinating conversation that I had with Jill Carney. Jill is an intuitive energy alchemist. So just that title alone should give you a little glimmer of a clue on how interesting this conversation is going to be. Up until now, you may have heard me talk about energy before. I talk about it a lot as far as our own energy goes And how we can lead with our energy and how we show up impacts others. But we haven't gotten into the energy of things yet. So this is going to be interesting. Jill really loves to empower heart-centered leaders, healers, coaches, and empaths to declutter their minds, declutter their energy fields, and to declutter their homes and businesses. This enables them to free up more time and space so they can live the life they love. So we're going to get into it in more detail, but you want to listen because when you can come from this decluttered space, it's really freeing and you do show up and live life differently. So listen in. Welcome to The Inspired Way the podcast and leaders community for heart-centered women with a big vision and drive to make a difference in the world. This podcast is for you if you're ready to create rapid results and flow in your life, business, or career. I'm your host, C.J. Rivard, with over 25 years in executive leadership. I bring practical business and leadership advice combined with personal growth strategies, energy alignment, and manifestation techniques to help conscious female leaders, business owners, and entrepreneurs live their most expansive and abundant life. Join us weekly for actionable tips and insights from myself and the brilliant guest experts I interview to help you create aligned success. Visit theinspiredwave.com for more free resources and information. Now is the perfect time for you to take aligned action toward living your soul's purpose. And I'm so excited you're here. Well, welcome, everyone. As you heard in the introduction, I am so excited to be here today with Jill and introduce you to some really fun stuff we're going to talk about today. Welcome, Jill. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, this is going to be great. So before we really get started, why don't you tell everyone where you're tuning in
1: Yes, I'm in England in the county of West Sussex. So I'm not too far from
0: Gatwick Airport, if people know where that is. All right. So that explains her beautiful accent. She doesn't sound anything like me. That would be one. <laughs> so do you have anything that uh, you'd like to share before we dive in on your journey that didn't come up in your bio that might be fun to know about you before we get started? Might be fun.
1: Yeah. I'm just preparing for a trip myself. My husband is into classic cars and we've got a couple of old Triumph cars or TRs. um, Some people may know them as. And there's a group of us heading down to Dorset, which is on the South Coast here in the UK in the not too distant future. So we're looking forward to that. And I just love taking time out to be creative. So when I took some time out from work, which I'm sure I'll talk about in a moment, I started to do a bit of upholstery and learning how to reupholster chairs and to do some painting of furniture and things like that. So just doing a few different things that are a bit creative, I love doing.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I just love hearing about these, I don't know, to me, kind of different hobbies that people can get into. That's so interesting. Yeah, it's just
1: taking time out, isn't it? And finding a way and things that you love to do and that lights you up. And I think like many of us, I was somebody who used to work really long hours. And so I didn't really allow myself the time or the possibility of doing those things. So, you know, when I actually did start to take some time out, Mm -hmm. I just realized the importance of it and just how much I loved creating things, whether that was, you know, a bit of time out in the garden, not that I'm a gardener at all, but with a greenhouse planting a few things. It's just lovely to do something different, isn't it?
0: Wow. Yeah, that is such a great, well, I guess that's a pretty good segue then. And such a great reminder and point to like, take time out to explore, find things, maybe new things that you might enjoy doing, be creative. So tell us a little bit about your background, because you mentioned taking time out from that. And I know you haven't always done what you do now. Take us back a little bit. Where'd you start out?
1: Yeah. So I've got a background in corporate, uh, like many. I worked for 20 plus years here in the UK in human resources in the public sector. So it was a job that I loved. It was very challenging, working with lots of different people. Every day was different. But I also got to a stage where I was working really long hours for a long period of time. And I also had a three-hour commute on top of that. And I was just feeling exhausted and I was feeling quite stressed, frustrated, angry and not necessarily realising where all of those emotions were coming from. But I just felt like I needed some time out. And I think like many of us, we had a stage where we had, very sadly, five different friends and family members pass away in quite quick succession. And I think like anyone with those kind of circumstances, it always makes you take a step back, doesn't it? And to really kind of think about your life as well as the person it is or the people that you're actually thinking about and remembering and celebrating. So it made me think, what was I doing with my life? Was I happy with what I was doing? And I decided that actually, no, it felt like I was not really happy. I was, it felt like sleepwalking through life, if you like, Mm -hmm. in terms of I was waiting for the weekends, I was waiting for the holidays, ultimately waiting for retirement um, to really kind of kick back and enjoy myself. And I thought, Jill, what are you doing? You know, we only have one life. And we really want to actually, (laughs) know, I've since found that we have got more than one life potentially. But, you know, in this life, we want to make the most of it and really enjoy what it is that we're doing and make the most out of each and every moment if we can. So that's still a journey that I'm on. But um, I was lucky enough that we had another change programme come up. We had many different change programmes here in the public sector in the UK, where, of course, we were trying to save money and do things differently so that the money could go to frontline services quite rightly. So I was able to apply for redundancy and to take some time out, which was great. So I got very excited about what came next until I didn't. I suddenly realized when I took that time out, I was telling all of my friends, it was going to be three months, six months, maybe maximum. I just sit in the garden, read a few books. I'd catch up on that massive to-do list that we never seem to get time to do when we're working all of the hours and, you know, we're trying to do everything. So the to-do list was getting longer and longer. And so I thought I'd just take that short amount of time out just to really, you know, refresh myself and to get through that to-do list. And then I would go back into the world of employment. And then I got to a stage where I just realized that actually I was really having a cluttered mind. I just couldn't sit down and relax. I couldn't just watch a movie or a television program. I had my mind was worrying, you know, trying to do 20 things at the same time, because that's what I'd kind of trained it to do. I'd have my laptop open while I was doing things, perhaps, or doing an online shop or something while watching a TV program. And I realized that was perhaps the way that I had become and the way that I had trained my brain to work. And and it wasn't very good for me. So I wasn't finding time just to be and to relax and be present. Um, So that was something that I needed to learn how to do and find some tools and techniques that would work for me to enable me really to declutter my mind. Right. And I also found at that point that I was feeling really stuck and unmotivated and unenergized. And the funny thing is, I could have helped all sorts of people with my human resources background. I would coach many, many people over the years. Mm -hmm. And so I could, of course, help people to move forward and to think about all of the skills and the abilities that they had in moving forward. And yet for me, I was feeling I've got no clue what comes next after HR. Who am I? You know, if I am not the the senior leader in HR, you know, who am I? What am I without that? So there were big questions coming up for me that I kind of needed to dive into. And then I was lucky enough that I found one of my old colleagues had set up her own coaching business. And she was running a group coaching program which incorporated something called energy kinesiology, which I know you know all about, which is muscle testing where we use our body a bit like a dowsing rod to help us to see what's in our subconscious and is holding us back those limiting beliefs, the emotions that we're holding on to. And so I started to go through that group coaching program and to really to let go of some of those emotions that I'd really been holding on to. And mm-hmm. it was at that point, as I was doing that work, I suddenly started to open myself up to all sorts of intuitive gifts that I didn't even realize that I had. So I became much more in tuned in terms of following my intuition and the guidance that I was being given.
0: Yeah,
1: I could start hearing things and feeling things. The feeling was a big thing for me. So I suddenly realised that I'm what is called an empath. So there are a good number of us that are actually people that really feel other people's feelings very keenly. You may be called someone who's empathetic. You really understand what people are feeling without necessarily realising that what we're doing is actually feeling their feelings and quite often confusing them with our own and taking them on board and then pushing them down because we all learn very early on, don't we, or many of us do, that actually it's not okay to express our feelings or to cry or what have you or to be angry. And so we push it all down and we cover it up and use a whole host of different tools and techniques to do that, which serve us well at the time, but of course it's not good for us to hold that in our body and in our energy field, either. So I kind of realized that I was taking on other people's stuff as well as my own and pushing it down, which is what had really caused me to get close to, close to burnout and yeah. that I needed to deal with. So
0: yeah. Well, what a gift. If I can just back up a minute and highlight yeah. all of this, because your journey really started kind of waking up to questioning. Not that it's a good thing to have all of that grief and loss that happened in your life, but whatever it was that woke you up to questioning that treadmill that so many of us have been on. And I'm guessing from the way you described it, that life was good. It was what we're all taught it should be. You've kind of ticked off the box on your career and accomplished a lot and you're helping a lot of people, I know, in HR and knowing you, you were probably really making an impact in a lot of people's lives and doing the thing and making the money and like doing all the things. So what I heard you saying was it wasn't until First, you started questioning and you had that amazing gift of being able to take redundancy so you could take time off. And then it was in that slowing down process that you realized, oh, wait a minute, what like your brain was all cluttered up and like you weren't able to slow down and that there was more you needed to dig into to to explore I think if we could just go back to like what did that cluttered mind really feel like? I mean, it seems like when you left your job, you didn't know where you were going and you just had a series of breadcrumbs, Mm -hmm. which is what frequently happens. And you started like just going from one thing to another, and this new world of possibilities and learning opened up to you. But how did the I don't know, the the pressure or the aha of what was going on with your trying to slow down process, how did that come to you? And if you could just yeah. take us back through that.
1: I think it had been just a, a kind of a knowing that I was going to go pop was kind of how I thought of it when I was in that situation that I needed to get out of it. That kind of self-preservation, I need to do something different and is my gateway to that, if you like. And then I kind of thought when I'd walked through that gate and taken redundancy and a bit of time out, it would be easy and I would just be able to relax, to chill out, and as I say, to catch up on things. And at that point I was noticing that yeah, I just couldn't slow down my brain. So I could lie in bed at night and my brain was whirring with all sorts of thoughts coming up and perhaps not being able to drop off to sleep very easily. Mm -hmm. Or I'd be thinking of all of the things on my to-do list that were coming up that needed to be done and feeling like it needed to be done now, but not having the motivation or feeling like I had the energy to actually do them. So doing a lot of procrastinating perhaps and not really feeling like I was getting things done or moving forward and not really understanding why that was other than to see that I was struggling to just be and to chill out and relax and knowing that I needed to let that go. And more than that, I think it was the, the emotions that I knew that I needed to let go of as well, holding on to you know, grief and stress and worry and anxiety and what have you, it just felt like it was weighing heavily on me and I needed to find a mechanism or a way of being able to release that and to do that in a healthy way. And that's not something we get taught at school, is it? So, you know, we learn the opposite really in terms of pushing it down. And then many of us end up with discomfort in our body and potential disease. And certainly I'd ended up with gastritis in terms of, Something that had come through stress with work that I knew that I needed to do something different to be able to deal with that stress in a healthy way. So, yeah, I think that's kind of how it started. And then it kind of taking it a step further because I was suddenly spending time at home and then I was setting up my business um, from home. And then I think like many of us with the pandemic, my husband was then suddenly working from home as well. We were suddenly spending all of this time at home, which we hadn't been in the past. We'd been both out to work very long hours. So spending not a lot of time at home. So now we were suddenly seeing all of the clutter, you know, in terms of the physical items all around the place. I would joke that my husband and I used to have one bedroom flats or apartments each when we first came together and moved into this house. Uh, we're now in a three bedroom property, but we, we could fill the property with all of our stuff that we had when we first moved in. And then, of course, like everybody, we bought new things ourselves. We had gifts, Christmas and birthdays and so on. And then also, my husband happens to be very handy. So, he often is an engineer. He loves mending things and uh, working through problems and things. So, people would perhaps gift him things that had perhaps not been working correctly or that had broken that they thought he might like. So, we just ended up with more stuff, if you like. And I found that as empaths, we find it very difficult to say no because by heart we tend to be people pleasers because it feels more comfortable to say yes because we Mm -hmm. feel other people's emotions if we say no so we learn early on that it's easy to say yes to things to help people to do things that actually feel more comfortable rather than feeling anything that kind of comes up so we were kind of suddenly noticing I guess all of the clutter that we were having from a physical perspective that needed to be sorted out as well so it was at that stage I went on my proper decluttering journey if you like in terms of both the physical clutter and also mental clutter and the clutter that was hanging out in my energy field. So all of the limiting beliefs, the emotions and so forth
0: that felt like it was really weighing me down. So, wow, yeah, that's a lot <laughs> that you were addressing <laughs> all at once. It seems like, like that's a lot of different areas. of.
1: It was kind of over a period. So it was kind of a journey. The first bit for me was the mental and the energetic clutter, because I knew I had the emotions that I needed to resolve. I knew that I had the, the mental clutter in terms of not being able to really slow down and just be and be present so that I, you know, I wanted to be able to stop and smell the roses, as it were, and to mm. be able to really enjoy life and living life as well as thinking ahead and planning. You know, in HR, we're so used to planning absolutely everything to the n- degree in terms of writing strategies, writing plans to get there, and then thinking ahead all of the time in terms of how you're going to make it happen. So getting out of some of those habits, obviously taking the best of them for work and so on, but actually also allowing myself to be was a bit of a journey. And one that I still continue, I think, like many of us do.
0: New level, new challenges. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It is a journey for sure. That's incredible. So that's how you started your passion for decluttering. How did that evolve into helping others? Well, it really started with the the
1: passion for the energy work to start with. I loved the energy kinesiology that I was introduced to with the group coaching course that I signed up to. That was a year long program and it just made me feel so different, you know, and I thought I need to be able to help people with this. If people could see how easy it is to release what's holding them back in terms of their energetic clutter, then that would be amazing. Now, at that point, the same lady that I'd done the group coaching program with was offering a certification program to learn how to open your Akashic records and to go on and learn how to do that for your clients as well. And I'd never really heard of the Akashic records before, but it was something that I was really drawn to. And it just felt like I knew I had to do it and to jump in both feet and do it so that I could actually help my clients with this as well.
0: So quickly, because I. Pretty sure we've talked about this on the podcast before, but they may not have heard it. Can you just give a super short explanation of what the records are for anybody yeah. that is, is unclear?
1: No, of course. So the Kashik records, the Sanskrit word is the book of life. So the concept really is that everything is energy and there are different levels of consciousness. And so we're really just accessing a different plane of consciousness where we Everything that we ever do, think, say, believe, everything about us is kept in our book of life, if you like, and we have access to that. And that can be from this life, past lifetimes, future lifetimes, parallel lifetimes, depending whatever it is that you believe in. You can actually access that information. It's all based in truth and love. And for me, when my records were first opened, when I first went on that journey, it just it felt beautiful. It just felt like I'd come home. I just felt this real shift of energy. As a feeler, some people really feel it strongly. Others don't feel it quite so much. But I could really feel this beautiful energy around me. And it just felt really loving and really supportive. And it was like a game changer. It, was, it enabled me to get to the root of things much more quickly and to be able to ask questions and to dive deeper with the record keepers, ascended masters, teachers, whoever is there to support and to guide you. During that session. And yeah, I just loved it so much. And it was at that point then that I found the Helix method, which my coach was starting herself, which was using energy kinesiology. And that meant that I could become certified to use energy kinesiology and energy alignment as a modality with my clients as well. Because I knew that that was something that I found really easy to use myself. Mm -hmm. And it was something that I thought I could empower my clients. I really love teaching people to have tools and techniques to be able to use themselves as well as coming to us for further guidance when they need it, as well as a practitioner who's trained further. So the two together, I just find is is magical.
0: That it is. Yeah, it's just such an amazing set of tools to help people expand and move past what's holding them back and really tune into their purpose, I think, and what their direction and what they're meant to be doing amazing tools. So it's been quite a journey you've been on with all of that. So was it just your own personal experience that made you decide to lean into the decluttering? And I know that I've heard you talk about not just our own energy, but the energy of the home and the energy of the business, if you have a business, or I guess if you work in one as well, can We talk about that a little bit, and you know how you realize yeah. the impact that has on people, and started leaning into that
1: yeah, well, when I first started working with my clients, it was like most coaches, it was on a one on one basis, and I was finding that everyone really had a lot of energetics that were cluttering them up and a lot of mental clutter that they needed help with so I didn't necessarily think of it as decluttering at the time. I think that morphed as I started to realise the impact that our home has on us. Now, I've always been interested in the home environment. I signed up to do an interior designer's qualification because I just kind of love all things interior. And I think, as I say, it was when I myself was at home I suddenly realised actually the impact it was having. What I hadn't thought at realised at the time was just, and it is because of our own energy field rubbing up against the energy of our home, if you think. So we all have our own energy field. If we stick our arms out wide, that is kind of at least how big our energy field is. And then if you start to kind of move around, you suddenly realise how much stuff your own energy field is coming up against, um, whether that is items of furniture, whether that's other people when you're out and about. And so it's very easy for us to pick up energy from other people's energy fields and to be cluttered down by other people's energy and likewise, if there's anything that's negative in our homes, we can pick up that as well and vice versa. Our home can be impacted by us. So I was getting clients perhaps that were seeing arguments happening in the same places in their homes because there'd been some negative thoughts and what have you projected in those areas in their home. And so the, the same sorts of arguments were coming up time and time again. And I found that when I cleansed and cleared the energy of my home, I could really feel the difference. And again, as a feeler, some of us will feel these more keenly. And I I kind of suddenly thought, well, actually, if more of us are spending more of our time at home, I was suddenly noticing how many more of my friends and people were talking about how much clutter that they had and that they needed to do something about it. And it just really resonated because that's exactly the journey that I was going on. And it felt like the two married up nicely together in terms of the energetics of it, as well as the physical decluttering, if you like, as well. So
0: yeah, that kind of worked out well together. Funny how yeah. that happens. It all comes together like that. So yeah. how would someone know if they had, I mean, obviously physical clutter is obvious, yeah. but if there's energetic negativity or whatever you want to call it, things that are off in the home or in yeah. their business energy, what would you yeah. look for to know that was the case?
1: Yeah, well, it can be all sorts of of different things. So, for example, if there are rooms that you're avoiding or areas in your home that you're not wanting to go to because perhaps it doesn't feel so good there, there can be some energetics around that with some negative energy. Um, I've certainly had clients talk about not going into certain rooms or their pets not going into certain rooms, perhaps, where we needed to cleanse and clear the energy. It can also hold you back. So it could feel like you're feeling stuck and going round and round in circles. Well, that can be something to do with the energetic of your home or your business as well. For some people, their home can also impact them. If you know anything about feng shui, feng shui talks about the fact that each area of our home represents a certain area of our life. So what we see quite often in our life will be represented with what's going on in that area in our home as well. So I'm not saying that I'm a feng shui expert yet, but I am certainly learning more and more about that all the time. And it does equate to what I tend to find in the Acacia records when I open the records of the home and see what impact it is having on people's life there as well. And the same with our business. you know, If we're not fully in alignment with what it is that we're doing with our products or our services, or perhaps the way that we're doing business, or maybe our pricing, then we're not going to be magnetizing clients to us. And of course, what we want to do is have a really clear offer that people can They feel magnetized to it, that it feels good when they're reading it, Um, particularly if you're talking to people that are feelers like me or empaths, highly sensitive people or Mm -hmm. placentians, they will really feel the energy of the message and they'll feel your energy behind it. And I was finding that actually the energy of my business was being impacted. I think where that first came to my kind of attention, if you like, was when I first went out with my very first offer Mm -hmm. and I could suddenly feel all of this energy. Physically in my body and my energy system, and it didn't feel good. And I realized it was where other people were reading my posts or my lives and projecting their thoughts and their ideas all over it. And many of us, without even realizing we're doing it, we actually think thoughts about the posts that we're reading or the things that people are saying. Maybe we're rather negative about it. Maybe we're jealous. Perhaps we're thinking that we've not got as far ahead as them. So we're projecting things onto them and we're projecting things onto ourselves and our business. And that can make the energy of the business feel quite wonky because we're all energetic beings, which means that I know you know this, CJ, but <laughs> we all are sending out energy all the time, aren't we? So our head, our heart, our hara, we're literally sending out electromagnetic frequencies that can be measured some distance away. And that's happening all of the time. So our thoughts and our words ha- have power. And we do project those energies onto other people. So I was finding that my energy of, uh, and, and the energy of my business was being impacted by these things. So I, again, needed to dive a little bit deeper to look at how I could cleanse and clear the energy of my business and cleanse and clear the energy of my socials, for example,
0: mm-hmm.
1: as well as my own energy. And to really look after my own energy, look after the energy of my home and look after the energy of my business, because that just means that I'm feeling much better in myself. And therefore, I can show up better for my business and for myself and for my loved ones as well, if I'm coming from that space, rather than weighed down by all of the all of the stuff, if you like.
0: Right. All of that heavy energy floating around out there. Yeah, that makes complete sense when you think about all the stuff floating around out there and all the sometimes, as you said, not even intentional thoughts that people are thinking as they scroll or you know, have conversations or think about yeah. you and your business, it makes sense. And it
1: happens at a subconscious level, doesn't it? You know, we're, we're not necessarily even thinking about it, but we are projecting these things onto other people potentially and vice versa, them onto us. So mm-hmm. yeah, just knowing how to, to rid ourselves of that and just to cleanse and clear our energy and that of our business and our homes, yeah, can make a huge difference for sure.
0: I love it. So how can people learn more and connect with you and I